welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I have another great interview with Dr. Simran Rattan. She is an integrative medicine physician, specifically focusing on spirituality and medicine. So... I want to jump into our conversation. I do want to mention I'm still learning how to use my new podcasting equipment. It's a little scratchy at times. Hang in there with me, but the content is bomb. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Simran Rattan. It's so great to have you here with me today. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Well, tell our audience a little bit about the wonderful things you're doing in the world and who you are. Okay. Well, um, so I am a physician. Um, I'm actually an integrative medicine um, physician. I uh, I did my uh, integrative medicine fellowship in um, with Andrew Weil, Dr. Andrew Weil, Arizona Center of Integrative Medicine. And I also went and did integrative health coaching um, from their program as well. So, so I'm also an integrative health coach. But something that's even more near and dear to my heart that I think defines me more than anything else is the fact that I'm a meditation teacher as well. I've been teaching meditation for over 20 years now. Um, I've been exposed to it at a very young age. And it's kind of um, what drove me into doing um, integrative medicine, actually. I went into medicine thinking that I was going to be able to do spiritual health as part of um, medicine. And I thought I'd learn more about it in medicine, which I didn't actually learn, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and so, um, but, you know, I was okay after a while with that when I saw that there was an integrative program and I went and did that. And so I've actually went into the mind, body, and spiritual health part of medicine, but I also do you know, full integrative conventional medicine. I really believe in integrating it all together. Um, it's not just one or the other. We're all connected in the mind, the body, and the spirit, particularly. And so I kind of um, went into that because of that. Um, and I had a um, real good moment, I think it was in residency, <laughs> where I was like, wow, I called in sick one time because I was sick. I was actually really sick. And it was, and and I remember, I think it was the Four hours later, when I was just in the U.S., actually, um, I got a phone call from the chief resident saying, you need to come in. And I go, but I'm sick. <laughs> I was like, I go, I can't come in. I'm sick. Like, I am actually got diagnosed with having almost like a flu. Oh, they were thinking maybe flu, right? I couldn't yeah, even get it. like, of it. I'm legit flu. Yeah, Leave right? me alone. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? Why, why are they calling me? And it was, it was a big shock, right? I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand. I'm like, you because they were preaching quite a bit about you know taking care of yourself and resident wellness and I was like uh this is not what they they preach it but they don't practice it so mm -hmm. so I thought it was I thought it was an interesting um uh, experience at the time and so you know part of then said okay you know I'm not I just said I'm not coming in so I was kind of looked a little bit upon about this like if I wanted to take a day for myself because I wasn't feeling well I would take it and it wasn't looked too good upon but that's what I did because I felt like um I need to take care of myself I'm going to take care of other people and, um, and I think that was kind of what drove me into moving into this whole field of not just, you know, mental health wellness, but spiritual wellness, which is really understanding what gives people meaning and who they are as people and, and really understanding the core purpose of what they really, what drives them. 
and helping them to now honor themselves because if they honor themselves then they're going to have better well-being in life um, in general and it's very well documented in spiritual health particularly for for um, palliative care. There's a lot of spiritual health and palliative care, but I'm also in prevention. So what I look at is like preventing you from your illnesses, getting sick, you know, you know, going through the whole nutrition, lifestyle changes, but more so even who you are um, and how I can help you build resiliency as you get through your, your illnesses. Because you, you, when you get through something, when something bad happens, and then you're looking for resiliency, it may not be, I mean, you can still get it, I'm not saying you can, because I have dealt with people with that, but how can we prevent you from um, going through those hard times and going through them in a way that, that allows you now to really be able to not just bounce back, and I don't really like that word bounce back, it's more like move through it, you know, how do you move through those moments? And I, and I think I experienced that a lot during my training in residency, because I think residents are not treated as well as they should be, um, you know, um, and, and I think that they could be, I mean, I, when I went, I actually shifted residency, just so you know, from the US to Canada, well, that was a totally different experience. The Canadian residency wow. program was totally different. Um, uh, I had, the people were actually a lot more caring, um, funny, you know, I thought that it would be pretty much the same, but they weren't, they were actually, I mean, I think it's because we're unionized here, the residents are union. So it's a little different, but, but it better, definitely better wellness, better resident wellness in Canada than it was when I was training in the U.S. at the time. So anyways, um, I know I'm kind of going all over the place with this, but basically that was kind of one of my biggest things was like, you know, I really want to bring, I got through everything that I got through in my life was because of this core spiritual beliefs that I have. And people think spirituality means religion, but it's not. It's more than that, you know, and, and spirituality is, but how do you connect with the things that really matter to you, the relationships that are around you and how they matter, what's sacred to you, what's important to you, and really understanding the purpose and the meaning of your life. And so I try to help people to gain that clarity around that. And I do that through integrative health coaching, but also through um, obviously meditation coaching, particularly. I love it. You know, one thing you said that really resonated with me was the palliative care. Like I was really drawn to palliative care when I was a resident. I almost did a fellowship in that. And I really think it is because of that point you mentioned, like really getting to the root of things. And it makes me so sad that why does it only have to be in palliative care at the end of things or as things are demising? Why exactly? Like we should have that same mindset at the very beginning in, in the preventative side of like really understanding why our patients say the things they say and think the way they do and, you know, and, and move about their life the way they do. And I think palliative care does a really, really good job about that. And I'm just yeah. excited that you're doing that type of practice through the whole gamut of life and with your patients and that. And then also another thing that until we get, I know we're not going to get into your word yet, but I would love to hear since you've like experienced on both sides of the border, Tell me a little bit about U.S. GME and Canadian GME. Well, um, you know what? <laughs> I mean, my, my, my program in... Just um, tell from I, your experience, too. Like, uh, you don't have to yeah, generalize. No. Just tell me what your yeah. experience was of the two differences. My, my actual experience was that um, I felt more cared about in my Canadian residency than I did in my American. In my American, I was just a person there that would have to get the work done. Um, we didn't have protected time um, for like, you know, if we had, uh, for example, um, you know, rounds, ground rounds at the time, mm -hmm. I felt like my pager could go off and I was expected to be on the floor, even if I was being paged while I was in here. Where I was, and I was in Canada, I was like, they're like, no, 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 um, turn your pagers off. I was like, what? 
I was like, what just happened? They just told me to turn my page off. Like basically, you know, don't need to answer pages during this, like your, your didactics, you need to be there and that's considered time for you to learn. Right. And I was like, what just happened? Now, I know that happens a lot in, in university programs in the U.S. I was not in a university program. and I think that makes a difference as well. I was in more of a, um, a what's an unopposed program right at there where I was pretty much a resident for everything. So that could have been one of the things. But I think that was it's not so much the program. It was the way like, you know, when that when you promote, I think it's very big on try to practice what you preach. And, and, and in the programs that I had, I was in, in, in Canada, it was like, if I had an issue and I talked to my attendings about it, they tried to help me, right? And I, and I think that's supportive. That's a very supportive environment. In fact, I remember when, you know, every year they used to have like accreditations um, uh, coming in. And I was actually part of the section of residence in Canada, um, which were where we would be in, um, on the College of Family Physicians of, um, and I used to actually be part of their executive for residence and travel. And, and it was all around that our, our program, everyone was really happy in. And I was like, this is really interesting because it was never like that over there. You know, people were trying to transfer out of programs or were just like, you know, I just need to get get through the next day and go through here and and it was it and I was surprised because you know my well-being like I didn't eat well when I was in residency um and in and, and, and in Canada I actually had time to actually eat you know um I mean granted I probably still didn't eat as well because I still think that was they're still lacking in both it doesn't matter but that's one thing what doesn't regardless of what residency you were in I didn't get to eat well I didn't and I'm vegetarian so another issue that was happening was that you don't get too many vegetarian dishes in your in your hospital to get that um so that was another issue I had um I used to go and literally go into the call room and meditate and I remember um, even in Canada, they used to wonder, where did Sim go, right? <laughs> and literally, she just suddenly disappeared. And I was like, I need to go. I need to go and meditate. Because if I don't keep centered, and I don't go back down and take care of people, I'm not going to be there. And so so I still remember at the end of my residency, they did little skits um, in Canada um, about everyone. And I was the one that was apparently meditating off somewhere where like, where is Sim? Oh, she's meditating. <laughs> where is it? Right? So, so, you know, but I'm telling you right now, if I didn't have that um, tool to fall back on that ability to tap into. And I, I honestly am very grateful to the, my my parents actually, who are the ones who've meditated for, uh, and their, my grandparents meditated and my great grandparents meditated. So I've had a big lineage of meditators in my family and as well as being exposed to this meditation that I teach through my family. Right. Um, and I think, I think it was that that really brought me in. And so the residency programs, you know, I'm not really sure if it's really that they're, they're comparable in some ways. And I think it has to do with that. I think in the U S I was considered an employee, right. In Canada, mm -hmm. I'm still considered a, um, a uh i guess a union i'm under a union i'm under so we can technically we have our own contract with the hospital and and they really do want to look at you making sure you're learning you know now that's not everywhere i was in a smaller place too i was in saskatchewan for uh, my residency versus somewhere in toronto it might be different where i am right. actually looking now so yeah well it's yeah. great thank you so much for sharing your experience and as a meditator as of july I can also say that it makes a huge difference, but I've spieled about that on other episodes. So I'll leave it for today. But yes, Meditators Unite. Yeah. Let's get into your word, spirituality. Tell me, you've already told a little bit why that's important. Go deeper for me and tell me why you picked this word. So, well, I'll tell you personally why it's important to me, um, spirituality. Um, spirituality for me is really being able to connect to that deeper presence within for me. And so, you know, I believe in something that's more than just my mind and the body. Um, and so my own personal beliefs are, 
are that there is this universal creative intelligent life force that lives within me and amongst everyone and connects us all and sustains us all. Um, you know, I call it Nam. It's been called in many different, I don't know if I didn't actually tell you this. I've read the main scriptures of all the different religions just as of interest and because of the research that I like to do. Um, and, and, and that's one concept that really stood out to me that every single scripture believed in this universal life force, whether they called it God, whether they called it life force, whatever they called it, there was something there. And so for me, that that's what's meaningful to me. And so when I look at it, I try to look at everyone in a more broad and aware and open-minded and non-judgmental way and say, hey, what is it that you know, because if my belief system drives me to understand others so that I can better help them get in touch with who they truly are inside so that they can always be sustained from within, this nuclear powerhouse lives within us. How do we connect to that? And how can we be driven all through our lives um, by this so that we always feel, you know, fulfilled, peaceful, harmonious. It doesn't necessarily mean that in moments of trouble that you will not feel that, but there's some, this deeper, deeper feeling within that really makes you feel like, okay, there's some, all this chaos is around me right now, but I know it's going it, to, it'll be fine. You know, whatever happens, it will be fine. And, you know, it, it might be painful. It could be traumatizing. There could be lots of things that can happen, but ultimately in the end, there's something, there's a, there's a strength within that just cannot be taken away from you because it's coming from within you. It's not dependent on anything external of you. And so, so spirituality for me is, that's kind of where my personal belief is. But when I look at it from another people, I look at it with my, 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 I call them health partners. I don't like to call them patients, <laughs> just so you know, um, but you know, but my health partners in this, I look at it and I kind of say, spirituality for them and I, I one of the questions I ask people is what and I learned this by training with Dr. Pakulski I didn't actually say that I trained with the uh, Dr. Pakulski is the world one of the world leaders for spiritual health at the George Washington Institute of Spiritual Health and I did their in, uh, interprofessional education curriculum um, and um, kind of trained for learning about more about spiritual health particularly and and so one of the questions that I had learned even from there that I always enjoyed asking is you know what is your spirit um, you know, what does your spirit feel today? Do you feel pain that's more than just your mind and your body? Do you feel, do you have pain of the spirit? And I thought, okay, that people won't get that. But I was surprised how many people can answer that question. Oh my God. Yes, I think I am. And then they're like, it sounds, and then we'll go into it a little bit more. We figure out they have spiritual distress. And what is spiritual distress? Now, you know, as physicians, we may, we may not be, it's kind of like, you know, family physicians versus specialists. The specialists would be people who are maybe in their community who um, specialize in their particular um, faith that they believe in or in their own spiritual community or, or group that they believe in. Or it could be a chaplain or it could be a spiritual care provider that could probably go into more of the deeper stuff of this. But as physicians or as health professionals, we should be able to help identify maybe they're in spiritual distress. You know, why are they not being compliant? Maybe they're not being compliant or, like, or adhere, adhering to their medications because we haven't really explored that deeper idea of where they're creating distress with them and, and themselves. And so, you know, there is a psychological component, but there is a lot of spiritual component and they kind of, it's a psychosocial spiritual model, right? Which we're kind of not doing. Is absolutely. That... Absolutely. I, I think that's so relevant. Um, so I am a DO, trained as a DO, and okay. that's what I really love too is because of that connection and because very early on it's drilled into you or re-identified like we are not just a body we are more than that do you think in modern medicine from your perspective do you think we've gotten away from just the 
like we just want to focus on the physical and the like the actual somatic symptoms because we don't know how to handle the spiritual or do you think because it's just easier to identify what's your thoughts on that so it's i mean i mean there has been research done on that too actually but um definitely that um spiritual health the reason why providers don't ask about it is a few things one of them is they don't know they've not been trained in it they don't know how to do it so therefore they're not comfortable and as physicians we like to be very like okay i need to know what i'm doing before i do it before i get into this unknown territory and sometimes we don't have also because the system in both in both countries by the way you know not just one it's it's, it's preventing us from having the time also to kind of go into understanding well i don't know about that so i'm just gonna leave it to the people who may know about it or I, it doesn't matter right now i'm just going to give you something to do your acute symptoms right now but but spiritual spiritual health and when it comes to it ultimately in the end you know physicians don't or or any and health professionals nurses are actually getting a little bit better with doing a bit more of that kind of because they're on board with it more but um physicians have a very uncomfortable feeling they think one spirituality is religion that you're and therefore we're being intrusive and intimate and too intimate and asking about it and think that we'll only bring it up if the patient brings it up but come on like if we don't say if you have a stomach ache and i don't ask you if you have pain in your abdomen unless you you didn't come in for that maybe for a heart attack or something are they going to tell you that they have pain in their abdomen if they're not they didn't realize it was something related to their heart you know um so it's almost similar like we are trying to make the symptom and say that you know they have to bring it up and therefore i won't ask about it but then we as physicians get into so many intimate things with our patients otherwise i mean i personally think if i'm you know i do a lot of women's health there's a lot of intimate you know um conversations i have about their sexual health like how is that more intrusive than their spiritual health so it's kind of like it it's, it's a bit of a being uncomfortable. And so and that's why I want to, I'm trying to, to really look at the spiritual health and help professionals. And I actually have a group, a Facebook group that I do. Um, spirit, I'm trying to do a spiritual health um, and talk about, about what spiritual health is for both. Cause you need to have the provider also feeling the spiritual health for themselves, whatever that means to them. It could be connecting to nature, you know, whatever it is and helping them to connect to what's important and meaningful to them so that they can also be more present and, 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 and gentle and compassionate with their with their patients particularly and also on the other hand is understanding what is spiritual health and how to detect if someone's in spiritual distress and how to go about asking the questions that need to be asked um, for for in, in outpatient care because I know it's being done in, in in palliative and inpatient and and it's probably could be done even more but but it's definitely I mean palliative care doctors are like probably the ones that are like oh yeah this makes sense like this is great but it's the outpatients the family physicians it's the primary care you know in Canada obviously the primary care is, is first primary care is only family medicine right and and we see about 60% of the population here so so it's kind of um, we should be asking those questions you know I, I have colleagues that I talk to about you know well yeah but spirituality you know it can be really um, hard for people because you are asking them about their religion i go no i didn't say i was asking them but i do sometimes ask them does that include a religion for you you know like and and, and there's some good tools that are out there there's like questionnaires that you can use and um, that you can just kind of put and i tend to mix a lot of them up but the one a few of them have good um validated um questionnaires that you can use to ask your patients one about their spiritual needs what are the needs of the spirit? And that's what I kind of ask sometimes, what are the needs of the person's spirit? You know, what gives a meaning? What's their purpose? And it can include many, many things, you know, communication, relationships. Um, uh, and, and so I kind of um, talk a little bit about that as well um, when, I with, when I'm with my patients. I try to really hear it. You know, it's, I'm still trying to develop it in our program, in our, in our clinic here, um, in, in the integrated medicine clinic that I do on how to really make it more of a, a must 
part of our health, not just one time, two times with people. But you know, it, outpatient care, it's not being looked at as much. So it's kind of like I'm a little bit of a lone, lone star. Luckily, I'm connected with you know, the, the George Washington Institute of Spiritual Health there, right? And, and trying to, and they've connected me with some chaplains and what we call them spiritual care providers here, actually, but spiritual care providers here who I'm trying to work with now and trying to develop this, at least for um, uh, patients at first, and then also go out and teach some of the spiritual health to providers as well and physicians. Yeah. And I think it's so important to think this is not just like another thing to add on to the patient encounter. Like I feel like when I most connected with patients, it was because we had talked about spiritual things or what was most important to them or, you know, and, and maybe set their diabetes diagnosis aside that day, but yet it fundamentally impacted our relationship moving forward because I, they knew I saw them more than just a name on a schedule. And I think, you know, I asked you that question, do you think, you know, why do we just stick to physical symptoms? You know, I, my take on it is I think that we as providers and we as a system have let that side of us go as a whole. And as individuals, then we have to recapture that and understand what is most meaningful to us and like, what does our spirit need today? Right. So that, and that's my whole life's work as a life coach, specifically for physicians, that exact thing. But I think that's why our system is so burned out and drained because we have gotten away from all of that. And like, that was supposed to be superficial shit that like, only yeah. weak people do. But in fact, like, I think the strongest are the ones who are most deeply rooted into their spirit. Exactly. And I did one time a visualization with a coach on this exact thing, um, on like visualizing right now, what does your spirit look like? And I remember that was one of the most like powerful things that she made me like talk through. And I was like, and at the time, I felt like mine was just like a little girl who was curled up in a corner hiding. And this was like in the, the deepest dark of my burnout. And so I just encourage all of our listeners too, and maybe this will be our kick of encouragement is I'll walk you through that visualization because it, it's so important. You know, it's not just about does my hair look good today, but it's like, how's my spirit feel today? Yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing is that it's really what you just said about, about really getting our own selves in tuned with what we want, it actually gives you more satisfaction even in the work that you do then. And it doesn't matter what field you're actually in. Right. Um, and you know, I, you know, I only recently started doing more of them, not recently, but like more into my practice um, in, in more specific, trying to get in more of a formal type of way of trying to get it in. But when I, I've been doing this like spirit um, health since like, I was like a teenager because I used to do meditation coaching. Right. And so when I used to talk to people, they used to, when I was, and I was like, I remember when I remember one time I met these people, um, uh, in one of the car, in one of the, um, seminars I put out, this is before medical school. Right. Um, so, um, and I remember we were doing this in, it was in like, um, it, it was at the library center, community center. And, and I was like probably around 18 at that time when I was doing it at that, that one. And, and when these, these, this lady came up after and we were talking and one of the things that she was saying was that she was like, oh, you know, she didn't, first of all, she couldn't believe I was so young. Okay. That was one thing. Second of all, she, she couldn't, she was like, what you said to me about connecting to this life force within me. She's like, I could visualize that 
and I didn't, and she, we do meditation that's completely effortless. You don't even like do visualization or anything like that. It's completely effortless. Like you could, even if you want to get up and stand and walk or move, you can do that. Right. And so, so, so she was like, I literally did absolutely nothing and felt this connection. And then she says to me, she, she asked me, what is your field? What is your field? What do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And I was like, well, when I grow up, I was like in university or university just starting, I was like, I kind of want to be a doctor. Right. And she's like, that's fantastic. And, and her words to me was like, don't ever stop addressing people's spirits. Right. And I was like, and, and so that hurt. I mean, that was one person. I mean, I actually started doing the spiritual thing because of my own upbringing and, and that spirit about, uh, I have, um, my parents used to tell me the story about um, one of our um, gurus, which is our prophet, um, Guru Nanak Devji, who basically used to meditate all the time when he was young. And, um, and what his parents thought maybe he was sick because he would always like be kind of by himself. And then they brought the doctor to him and the doctor took a pulse like took his pulse and at that time that's what he used to do and he's like why are you taking my pulse <laughs> right? and he's like he's like I'm not sick he's like he was longing to connect with um he wanted to continue to connect with the spirit or god right and 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 he said basically that a real doctor is one that heals a person in body mind and spirit that you have to address the suffering of the spirit in order to really help them heal in the body and the mind. Only when you do that, doctor, will you be able to help me. And I, that, that story stuck with me. And I, my parents told me this all the time and it used to stick with me. And so when I heard it again later, and I've been hearing it very often, I've had patients tell me right away, you know, certain things like, oh, you, you really, you're, you're a doctor of the spirit. And I'm like, huh. I go, that's not the first time I've heard that before. Right? So, so it yeah, was like something where it's like, it's sticking. And I was like, ultimately, in the end, um, that's what we all are. We're healers. We're not just, um, you know, the body fixing the plumbing or the engineering of just the body. We are, if you want to look at it as an engineer, we're engineer of the body, mind and the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And we think that the spirit is something just voodoo or out there that it's not, right? It's, it's actually who the core of who we are. And it's really important for us to get in touch with that um, in order for us to help others. You know? Absolutely. Well, if my listeners are listening to it and they are like, hell yes, I need some more of this. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they hang out with you or go find more about you? So I have a website. It's called spiritualityismedicine.com. Um, uh, and I'm also, you know, on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, which, um, which is uh, Samir Rattan, MD. And uh, I um, offer, I'm actually launching a meditation course um, online in um, May next year. So it'll be probably out by April or May next year. So we're doing that. But right now we do do them individually. So if people want to come in and learn that, we do them in packages forms. But if, you know, one of the biggest things in one of my events is hopefully in the future, and this is what I want to do is whenever I do this, I try to do the every 10th person free as a tithing. So nice. that's kind of something what I do. So whenever I get that 10th person, we do it. I have been a little bit more kind than that. Sometimes I just do it, but you know, it's, it's like, it's like, because I'm just really passionate about spreading the light and spreading that passion and, and helping people to raise their own consciousness for themselves and have more awareness. Yeah, I do so. the exact same thing. I call it name your price scholarship. And uh, I do that about once a year to yeah. help people who've been really following along and super engaged, but yet the financial side holds them back. And I just am like, name your price. And it's so funny to pe see people's examples. Like, well, I hate to undercut you or not give you worth. I'm like, no, this yeah. is me offering this to you. What's your yeah. price? You got to put some skin in the game, yeah. but what, what's that number? And it's, 
Yeah. Amazing. I, I love doing that too. I love gifting it for people too. You mentioned a Facebook group where you're teaching out more about spiritual health. What's the name of that? So it is, it, so it is spirituality is medicine, but I, right now I put it for health professionals. Um, uh, eventually I'm going to be opening that up to public, but a different group though. Um, so it's spirituality is medicine and it's called, um, uh, it's, it's, it, by the way, I, um, I, it's, it's spirituality is medicine, but it'll be bracket sim which um, some people call me as well, by the way, Sim, right? Um, and my name, Simran, means meditation too, which um, I was uh, telling you that. So I told my parents, you really named me well, huh? <laughs> exactly. Was like, right? <laughs> it was like, so, you know, like, meditation. So yeah, that group is called Sim um, or Spirituality is Medicine um, for Health Professionals. Good. Well, I'll put all that in the show notes. So people who are also interested in spiritual health, spiritual medicine, they can get connected with you. Well, Sim, thanks so much for coming to the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I just so greatly appreciate the perspective that you bring and the way that you have found to flourish in medicine. All right, let's get into our kick of encouragement today. Actually, I'm stealing Dr. Sim's questions because they were so damn good and I figured why not? So what does your spirit feel today? I have really sat and resonated with this question since this interview several weeks ago on trying to like tap into that inner place and to really feel what that is feeling. I've actually even did an exercise that I was talking with someone about, like visualizing what does your spirit look like right now within you if you had to put a picture to it. So I ask you that. And then also, I loved her question uh, of what are the needs of your spirit? And I think it's important to recognize that sometimes it's not about our spirit needs their blood pressure checked and to know what their A1C is when we're talking to our patients, but really understanding like what those deeper needs are. I know I'm in primary care and there's a lot of times that I wish everybody was just simple, that they would get their labs done, that they would come in, they would follow the diets and take all, all their medicines and be 100% compliant so that it would make my life easier. But what I really learned through the last, I don't know, two years of practice, probably more so, is that so many times the healing of what people need is not evidently my motives and what my MO or main objectives are. And so I think really tapping into that for ourselves and just saying like, what is it that we really honestly, truly need that would satisfy our spirit, uplift our spirit and root us better into our purpose that's more something to be attuned to than maybe some superficial stuff. Because really, it's so true. If we can all figure out a way to connect with what is most meaningful, both in the world, but also what's inside of us, I think that's where true fulfillment comes from. I think that's where utter happiness comes from and bubbling over with joy. So I ask you that question too. What is most meaningful for you? I'll put all these questions in the show notes because these really are deep ones and you just don't answer them like five seconds after they're they're given. But I'd also encourage you to maybe take some time to journal 
if that's physically writing on a piece of paper, if that's typing in an email that just sits in your draft box. But just get your thoughts out, out of your head and into a physical form so that maybe you can go back and visit them and modify them and see how it still touches you. So friends, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that the holidays treated you okay, that you're transitioning into 2020. And I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I've got a few open spots for some coaching. So if you've been thinking about it for a while, why don't you set up a call with me and see if maybe it's a good fit. If it's not, I'll let you know. And if it is, I'll let you know that too. But I just want to offer it out there with open hands and say, if you're willing to talk, I'm willing to listen. So as always, friends, remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids